And what he was doing was, and it's just my personal opinion, I haven't spoke to anybody, this is just me evaluating the game. What I saw out of James Harden was a guy trying to help Joel Embiid win the scoring title. A guy that was trying to help Joel Embiid win his first MVP. Because I saw him. We keep talking about Ben Simmons and what he bring on the defensive side of things. Where the hell was Ben Simmons last year when they were playing the Hawks and Trey Young was torching them? I'm, I'm telling y'all, look, I'm not jumping off this ship. I'm gonna have to sink with it. I am staying with the Memphis Grizzlies. You are now listening to The Hoop Forum on the Dip Podcast Network. James Harden is done. He's washed. James what Harden year is done. Is it for James Harden? Is it 12? Oh my God, creeping up on the end. He's what, 32? 33, maybe. It'll be like 35 at the end of his contract, and it'll be an absolute bag. He is due by the end of this month for the extension. 47.9. Are we totally convinced that they're even bringing him back? And they just say bye bye. Let him. The walk. only way that happens is if Embiid goes to Miami, and then they just blow it the fuck up. The process part two. The process part two. Wouldn't that be nuts? I mean, are that we are we that far away from Embiid requesting a trade to Miami? Literally. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. It's the only basis we have to think that Embiid wants to go to Miami is the fact that he's such good friends with Jimmy Butler. And they respect each other's commitment. You know what I mean? Like, it seems there's no reason I feel like they would just put that out there. Just, I mean, to give respect first and foremost for each other. But also, there's a lot of feelings there where you're like, they just want to run it. That's all they want to do. They just want to run it. Like, and if Miami's ready to do that, and Pat Riley seems like he's coked up already, like, he's already saying some wild insane things to the media. He's ready to go for next season. Let's do it. And you know what that means is if his finger is on the trigger ready for a 33-year-old Jimmy Butler to keep scoring 46 in the playoffs, he's saying trade Bam, trade Harrow, trade Duncan, trade them all. You got to keep Harrow or Duncan, one of the two. You're legitimately probably giving up Harrow. I feel like from Philadelphia, you're probably going to get another guard. You have Oladipo on the cheap. I say turn it into a three-team deal and you grab Beal as well. <laughs> That's not going to happen, though. There's a lot of really fake energy around both Beal and Levine to Portland. Yeah. I'm like, that's not that's yeah. not doing it for anybody. No. Like, congratulations. They can go and be some, like I actually think Beal and Dame would be better than Levine and yeah, they just Dame. have to, like, I don't know. I don't feel like they'd be able to play out. They don't pass well. Mm-mm. Dame's not the greatest passer for a point guard. He, Dame's just a scorer. I feel like Beal and Dame would be pretty good. Your turn, my turn, though. Yes. Yes, it would. And then you give them some spacing and a decent big man, and that's actually probably going to compete. Yeah, they got to get out on, off of Nurk. That's yeah. already been talking. Like, it's already, he's already gone. Mm-hmm. He said he wants to sell his house in Portland. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's probably on his way out. I would hope so. But watch him go to, like, Boston and be good. Watch him take Tice's role in Boston. Oh, fuck. 
Fucking Daniel Tice. And I guess we, we need to really dive into Boston and Golden State here. We can get into the teams that we have questions about uh, after we uh, uh, review the uh, first two games here of the uh, NBA Finals. Right now, tied up 1-1. Golden State got one at home. I mean, it would have been pretty embarrassing if they would have lost both at Chase Center. Then the narrative would have been, well, Chase Center just isn't the same vibe as the Oracle, and they just can't do it anymore. So <laughs> props to them. I mean, Stephen A. probably would have been having a meltdown if they would have lost. So thankfully, they uh, evened it out, which is disgusting for me to say that I'm thankful Golden State won a game. I don't know. I think I kind of want Golden State to win, dude. Honestly. To win the finals? Yep. No. Don't even say that. I think I do, dude. I think I'm ready to admit that. I fucking hate Boston. I am more grossed out by this finals than last year's. I'll just say that. Surprisingly. It is gross. Like, I don't like what I'm seeing from Jalen Brown at all. Right. Like, he's getting 18 a game, but it's coming off of a lot of work. Mm -hmm. A lot of work. And he, the Warriors are not afraid to switch anybody on him. Mm-hmm. They've played Draymond on him. They've played Wiggins. Curry. They've played wait a lot of Wiggins on him. Not as much Wiggins on Tatum, surprisingly. That's a lot more Draymond. And just let- I think they're willing to let Tatum go ahead and get his. I think their game plan is we can't let Brown ball out and we can't let Derek White hit shots. We can't- I think they're fine with that, honestly. I think they're saying- not once he starts hitting them. I mean, I feel like smart is more of your defensive risk mm-hmm. than white. White is just going to get to the right spot. And if he's feeling it, yeah, he'll hit three or four threes. Didn't he hit a bunch in the game one? Yeah, but only in the like only in the first half. Right. Like, I mean, it still helps where it helps. But like. Jordan Poole showed up and that helped Golden State in game two. I, I knew that game was over when he threw in that heave. I was just so, like, this is this is ridiculous. Doesn't like, it just piss you off seeing him celebrate with Steph Curry? Yes, walking and they go up and hug each other. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. But I fucking hate Boston, dude. This Boston team annoys me. They annoy me how they randomly turned it around halfway through the season. And how everyone worships that. Why would that annoy you? <laughs> that, that, that they just got good? Yeah, it's just kind of annoying how like crazy, like how much that's hyped up and oh, that's just an incredible story and all this stuff. It's like these are guys that are like constantly talking shit about each other in the media. We couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. There was actually legitimate evidence to see that like people weren't happy. And now Ime Adoka is getting this praise and it's like how much of it is Ime Adoka or is it these guys just finally shutting the fuck up, putting their differences aside, locking in and doing their damn job. And I mean, arguably, I would say that praise that you're saying there should go straight to Yudoka because he's the one that broke their back, like mentally, and was able to shape them into what they really can be the baby Los Angeles Clippers. And I mean, it, that wasn't going to be Brad Stevens. We saw it forever. I mean, I mean, arguably, they're not the baby Los Angeles Clippers when they're in the finals and the LA Clippers are aware. Yeah, true. <laughs> And LA Clippers have never won a championship. Never won a championship. And, and this blew is, it in the. You mean like in terms of team build is kind of they're similar. Yeah, yeah. But obviously they're arguably a better team, <laughs> better organization too. As much as that pains me to say, they're clearly the more successful. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, they have a, the build of a good team. They finally figured it out. Now they're here. 
Tatum's putting up these like five of 19 games at some points. It's like, <sighs> I just hate like, how sloppy this whole entire playoff run has been for everyone. Just right. It's just one blowout after another. And one team wins and the other team blows the other team out. And then just doesn't back and this forth. just feel like another fraction year though? Like it's just one year removed, one more year removed from the bubble. And the bubble was just such a weird warp of NBA time. I don't and know. Like now we're just making this return to form. I feel like it's just feel, it feels weird without LeBron there. And that's just something yeah. we're all going to get used to. Yeah. Like it's not happening. He's not going back. But that doesn't compensate for the fucking blowouts. That's I mean, the just... blowouts are what they are. The fact of the matter is, honestly, no matter what metrics will tell you, the fact that teams are so willing and ready to shoot the three-point shot at every angle and every situation means that a 12... Recklessly. Exactly. To a reckless degree and giving even the most moderate of guys, Derek White open three-point shots that he will take all day mm-hmm. and still make 60% on, like, a good shooting night. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hard to catch an 18-0 downhill run in one game. You know what I mean? Like If the other team sl- goes completely cold. Exactly. You just you cut them off on defense, and then you're just rolling, and you keep making every shot that you can get. Like, it gets ugly so fast. And the competitive nature of the playoffs, I mean, it's just even more opportunity for guys to get locked in and just want to silence, you know, like, yeah, like the, it's just such a different kind of game than what it used to be even five years ago. It's boring to watch though. Almost. Yeah. It does get boring to watch because the defense on both ends has been stellar. Watching Al Horford score 24 points. Isn't appealing because he gets all these put back. He gets put back layups and threes and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then like, I don't know, like just all the times. uh, The only thing that comes to mind when I think of this series right now is just the time and time again I have watched Draymond Green or Wiggins or anybody put the brakes on Jalen Brown, and it's just a struggle of a possession. Mm -hmm. And Brown's just working to get any advantage around whoever's trying to guard him and just taking it to the basket, putting up these ugly shots, really ugly shots. Like, do you, do you remember that fadeaway he tried to make on Draymond after he had pivoted about six times and yeah. it was just a flat line flat. right to the bottom. And he's oh throwing God. up some really like ugly, like attempts at uh, layups, like on the backboard. Yeah. Just completely whiffing. And then Tatum is like starting out like over four from three. But we know locked in Draymond is still one of the best defensive players in the league. Now, Andrew Wiggins, that's a different story. I'm sorry. Everyone out here praising Andrew Wiggins. That's actually just more shame on Jalen Brown more than I have praise for Andrew Wiggins in that situation. Agreed. I don't know. Like the thing about Wiggins is that I want to throw shade at him because I feel like he's still Andrew Wiggins in there. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, that's still Andrew Wiggins, the bum that we saw in Minnesota, but now he's being opportunistic. Right. Well, and he's taking his rightful place on a team too. Right. Yeah. As a small forward, like, and, and as a fourth option. Yeah. So like, when he has those open threes or layups that he blows, I don't feel like, There's a real edge there for Jalen Brown. I mean, it's just because Jalen's just giving it right back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, 
an interesting matchup I've liked to watch there throughout this finals in these two games has been Pritchard versus Poole. Mm-hmm. Like Boston has decided that Pritchard is the one that's going to be stapled to Poole at all times when he's on the floor. And then like, and then you start to really think about it. You're like, these guys are like the same role. Right. Like Pritchard, all he does is spot up for three too. He takes those same kind of threes that Poole does. Right. Off the dribble, just real bouncy, side to side, or he just catches and shoots. And fires it, away. Exactly. They have to be shooting a similar It's literally percent. how I play in 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then Ben's usually the one that's like five inches taller than everybody and shooting these Luca fadeaways on us. I'm yeah, like, but, come on. But then I, I'm trash once we actually start playing team basketball. I can't score to save my life. I took too many. De- I took that one Devin Booker shot last Sunday, and I was like, "Man, that was not good." Yeah, I took a step into the line I'm off sure my playing foot. I know it's horrible. Um, I think a lot of our disdain, at least for me, probably similar for you, come for this series comes from the fact that it's literally Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Yeah, Golden State Warriors most importantly, but as a Lakers fan, I just have to hate Boston, I and mean, I legitimately hate Paul Pierce, and I'm not a big fan of Kevin Garnett, so there's that too. <laughs> or like, Rondo. Now, see, I actually fuck with Rondo, but yeah, but that's because you want to chip with LeBron. But he's also, yeah, but he's also out here like pulling a gun on his baby mama because that's she told her their son to fold some fucking laundry and they were playing like Madden or something. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a real problem. (laughs) At any aspect or any angle, I don't care who you are. (laughs) That's a real problem. I don't care if you're a crackhead or if you're Rondo. Uh, That's a problem. Like, where's the basketball IQ in that in that situation? It's none. <laughs> none. Just um, lost it all. Unfortunate situation. But when it comes down to it, I think... I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think that's what it really boils down to. And I think I respect the talent of Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay and all those guys more as much as I don't want to see them win. I think it's ultimately what's going to happen. That's what I think too. I mean, we both picked golden state to win this series. You said in six and I said in seven. So, I mean, my, my opinion hasn't changed. I think we're on perfect pace for six or seven right now too. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. This is going to be the real test and it sucks that these games are like three days apart. It's It's good for the players though. Yeah, it is good for the players. And I suppose, yeah, it probably is necessary to have two days off between every game, but then it's like the gaps make it feel like it's been <laughs> like a week. A week, yeah. And then Boston is an important place in these playoffs. Boston Garden right now is, I mean, it's going to be a little bit more of an advantage than Chase Center. Right. But you got to think like Boston's first move in the playoffs happened in the Garden. Right. With Tatum in the, in the game winner against KD and Kyrie. This can come down to that same situation. I wouldn't be surprised if Boston won in two games, or if Boston won both games. The next two. And the Golden State Warriors go down three to one and push it to seven. And win it like LeBron? Do they turn around and do it? I mean, if, they can't sit there and flex like LeBron could because LeBron did it against them and they are an amazing team. But I mean, I feel like any three to one run almost shouldn't even be held up to what team you did it against because you did it and you absolutely denied 
every outlet. Well, that's ultimately the truth, but I've just, I don't think it would be better than LeBron's. <laughs> I don't know. See, that's, that's my problem is that there's so much narrative around Golden State winning this series and beating Boston who swept the Brooklyn Nets, the only swept team in this playoffs. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie couldn't even make it back to the finals. And Steph, Dre, and Clay are winning still. Right. Like, But I think there's a lot of people who are also trying to paint the Warriors as the underdogs. And that just doesn't make no, sense. No, they're not. No, there are people who are stat heads that are trying to paint them as the underdogs because Boston's been the best team in the basketball since... Well, Golden State's been the season. best team for the past six of eight years. Best organization. Right. Yeah. And has dominated the playoffs. Their best playoff basketball team. I'll say that. How about that? I don't know. It's just there's too much narrative ultimately. But I agree with you. The fact that that just points to my point when I started talking shit about all those old heads. I said the only one that's going to win again is Steph. <laughs> and he might right get two. <laughs> he might get two. Yeah, Golden State is running it back next season. No exceptions. Clay, we haven't even really talked about Clay. Clay's looked kind of bad. Bum status. No, he's not bum <laughs> status. You know what? It's just the fact that he is there making the plays. He's still out there doing it. Like, he even can't if it is 13. Hit the things that he used to hit, though. He, at least he isn't right now. And maybe it's going to take two years. It's not out of the realm of possibility that next year he is doing all that shit again. Because I guarantee you he's not taking this he's not taking this summer off. Right. He's repping all summer long, so he's coming right back into shape. I mean, we'll hear the quote. I'm in the best shape of my life. I put on eight pounds of muscle. At that point, how much Steph pool clay lineup do we get? All the time. Probably all the time, right? All the time. And then like pool, is, ne pool, just pool is next year is uh next year's six man. Yeah. Does he just ascend to just get even better? I mean, the big the big problem with Poole is defense. Golden State is so good on defense, though, that it almost doesn't matter. Well, yeah, they kind of hide him like they hide Curry, but how defensively having Clay, Curry, and Steph on the floor, like that's might be a liability. They're in the <laughs> NBA Finals right now, running that court. There's no liability about it. They beat uh, up on they beat up on Dallas. They beat up on Memphis, and they who they went against in the first round. They beat up on Dallas. They didn't beat up on Luca. Luca went out there and still ate. Yeah, but Luca's a big boy. Luca's yeah. as big as Draymond. He is. That's big. the problem. I feel like he's bigger than Draymond. You think he weighs more? No, there's. You remember that free throw that Draymond had? That it landed on the back of the rim and just stayed there. Oh yeah. Him and Luca were standing like face-to-face -face right there, and I feel like they were eye-to-eye. -eye. Really? I feel like... But I mean, like, just both. bigger in general. I think Luca, Luca might... No? I think... No, I, Draymond's pretty big. Draymond's a big guy. Yeah, Like, Draymond he plays is. power forward and... He's center. got long arms, too. Yeah, I know. He's got really long arms. That's why the backpack shot doesn't matter, because he has long arms. He can literally just... If Boston wins, what's the narrative against Golden State? I feel like the narrative is more Jason Tatum is the best player, like one of the best players in the NBA. I guarantee you ESPN will run the ticker all the time. Is Tatum better than Giannis? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Tatum, they'll, they'll try to set him up for MVPs. I don't know if Tatum is really an MVP kind of player though. You know, like you watch him and you're like, 
he's really just their leading scorer and playmaker. Mm-hmm. He's not their best defender, and he's not even really... I mean, he's a leader, but I feel like th- that whole team is just a collective. What if Jokic wins it three in a row? Oh, the MVP? What if he does? I mean, that's not within... I mean, it's in within the realm of possibilities. It's going to put people he? up in arms, though. If he's the best player in the NBA year by year, and the Denver Nuggets are still fair, failing to misfire, like, why not? Like, if he's still dragging the Nuggets to the four, five or six seed, just himself. Yo, get you to Dallas. Yeah, you wish it could happen, but <laughs> I, I have to see one at least one season of healthy Jokic and Murray in their prime together before I want to see Jokic move on. You know what I mean? I feel like they had the bubble together and that was like their first like ascension because the year before that, they went seven against the Portland Trailblazers and CJ McCollum blocked Jamal. And then they have the ridiculous bubble run with two, three, one comebacks. Right. They collapsed the Clippers, an epic collapse. I mean, goes down in history. Goes down in history as one of the most epic collapses ever, I think. Right? I mean, the kind of things that Jamal was doing too, and Jokic. Yeah. The kind of things that, and Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. to an extent, but sad that we haven't seen it. It is very sad. And I think that. It's just another reason why I think this is just another gap year. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's like last year was like 55%. This year is like 30. Last year, guys were falling down left and right. Yeah. It was bad. Right. It was a bare bones playoffs. Yeah. Granted, Giannis still won, but it was Giannis versus the Atlanta Hawks in the finals. No, the Eastern that, Conference Finals. The Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Suns. Who have been absolutely Suns. exposed Suns. and been sunned. The meanest thing that's happened lately for the Suns is that NBA 2K22 put out a series of challenges. And, and one of them was blow out a team by 20 points. And that team was the Phoenix Suns. Ah. The current Phoenix Suns. I was like, now that's just rude. I was like, blow up on this team, isn't it? That's cold. That's straight throwing shade. Speaking of which, here's a nice aside here. Um, Miles Bridges last night posted a vid- a picture of himself on his Instagram holding a lean cup and a joint in his hands. <laughs> Man's going hard. Wow. <laughs> if, you're, if you're drinking lean, man, okay. all right. <laughs> he was literally drinking lean and a, smoking a joint. Yeah. Wow. Probably tripping his balls off. Wow. That's bold. That's a power, yeah, that's a powerful move. I mean, he's going to get suspended for sure. Well, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people said they could just random drug test him. I think they might just fucking come out and do something to him. Or just ban him. It makes you wonder what... Um, what LaMelo Ball was smoking weed too. Remember that? Well, no, They don't care I mean, about weed anymore. No, the NBA players smoke weed almost openly now. But um, what was his name? Used to play for Memphis Grizzlies. Tyreek Evans yeah. was the most recent guy that got suspended for drugs, but n- nobody ever confirmed what it was. So was it like, was he smoking crack or like? No, it was probably cocaine. Probably just coke? You're just getting coked up? 
That's probably cocaine or something like that. Maybe. Could have been syrup too. See, that's what Bridges got to be careful of. See, the thing that it's just a bad decision overall, no matter <laughs> yeah. what you, what you're you drinking do, lean. <laughs> you're drink- <laughs> just destroys your insides. Drinking opiates. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're going out like juice world at that point. Yeah. But, um, he's due for a max contract. Yeah. Yeah. You're just eating yourself up on the inside. He's up for a max contract and wants the bag this year. He's more about being a rapper, though. So then he should just be a rapper, and he'll Honestly. probably make it. He probably has all the resources to make it. Good if for he him. Wanted to play three years in I the think, NBA and become a rapper. I think that's what James Harden's gonna do. James Harden would be. What if James Harden's on the next Kendrick Lamar album? What if James Harden's actually a dope ass rapper? What if he is and he's just been stockpiling for years? Yes. What if James Harden actually was has been putting out verses as another artist and we had no idea? What if James Harden is detox? <laughs> like he's the cul- human yes. culmination of detox. Dr. Dre created him. And he just sucks balls in the NBA playoffs. But he is detox. The and Dr. Greatest. Dre drops detox and it's literally James Harden. What breaks reality at that point? At that point, life is <laughs> life is the mirror, the proverbial mirror, and then the hammer hitting the mirror, and everything just goes shatters to pieces. <laughs> uh, we're at a half an hour here, so we're going to move on to our next segment. Um, but to wrap up the discussion on the finals, you still got Golden State in seven, Dubs in seven. Less strongly than before, but yeah, I'm still calling that. See, I'm still pretty confident with Dubs in six. These next two games in Boston are going to be the real test. If Golden State comes out 1-1, I'm feeling pretty strongly that they're going to win the series. Yeah. But if they come out 2-0 and the last game was just them figuring everything out about Boston, then... Download game. Yep. Yep. Could be. Could be. It's just really going to... It's going to really have a big swing on Tatum. Tatum being able to be more efficient. Them being Tatum able to being get the best cl- player on the floor. Yeah, and them getting closer to like 14 points out of Al Horford. Just more scoring from everybody in general. Mm-hmm. Just better offensive 24 a game from Brown. Right? That, I mean, you need it. At this point, you need it. like To keep up with the third quarter run from the fucking Warriors. Exactly, because Steph's still, still doing Steph things out there. Mm-hmm. He's still catching, shooting, refuses to have any conscience about it. Falling out of bounds. Five Stuff that behind, makes you mad. Five feet behind the line off the dribble. I I know. Like he does it. He does it better than Dame. That's the problem. Yeah, he does. Dame is like kind of there, but Steph is just, and it works in the playoffs. It's beautiful in the playoffs. Um, looking forward to the off season here. Let's hit the fast forward button. Uh, we're each gonna detail three teams here, ranking them from. Uh, I guess least like one one through three, pretty much of who needs to do the most work. Um, so we'll just go back and forth here, like who needs to make the biggest moves in the off season. I think my number three is gonna be Philadelphia. I think we can just piggyback off of what we started this episode talking about. <laughs> I think they have a lot to talk about and a lot to address, but I don't think they're as down bad as my uh, number two and number one team. But they're getting there. <laughs> it's almost to that point. I think that they should be worried because 
all this comfort zone stuff that James Harden has been preaching about for the past two years, being out of Houston, being a different player, like being anointed point guard. Yeah, being the point guard. Yeah. Like being the facilitator. And a mediocre point guard. Yeah, like we've seen the, I mean, the most obvious example is we've seen LeBron transform from a 3-4 into a point guard, a legitimate point guard. A legitimate point guard who can who would still go out and put up 38 <laughs> points if he, if he has to because he did it all season fucking long. It's just like Harden can't channel into playmaking unless he drops off the scoring antics. Right. It's like it's almost like his career development has made his signature step back three his exit move on almost every single like panic situation. Mm-hmm. Like he just used that as his last resort. Now mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, if this stagnant Philadelphia offense isn't doing anything, nobody's moving off ball. I'll just shoot a deep contested three. Right. And like, just hope Embiid gets the rebounds. And it's not even, and it, it never looks look good. good. It doesn't look good anymore. It's the hamstring that yeah. left hamstring is what provided him that burst on the step back for years. Mm-hmm. And now he just can't do it. At this point, I think and that's ironically, the real that's probably why it went out too, is because he was using it for so many years. It just broke on him finally. Yeah. There's no recovering it because there was so many times, even in the playoffs, when he could have just hit the gas and blown by somebody like he's always done and just didn't. He needs to just start shooting up stem cells and taking metformin and reverse his biological age. Metformin? Yeah, that's what LeBron should do too. Why metformin? I don't know. I think it has something to do with that. I don't Metformin's know. a diabetes medication. Yeah, but they're finding out that, like, I don't know, it has some fucking aging. Yeah. Like anti-aging? Anti-aging capabilities. Yeah. I was just fucking around, though, but... <laughs> that's just, no, that's just weird because metformin, when I worked at the pharmacy, was probably the number three most prescribed drug. Uh, wow. So a lot of people are taking that. Yeah. Which surprises me because anti-aging, that's just really, really Yeah, look into it, man. It's weird. But James Harden, huge question mark, up for the extension. I think you said it would have to be a drastic situation for they not for them to not give the uh, extension, but how outside of the realm of the possibility is he gets the extension but then gets traded? Or if they give the extension, is he not eligible for trade for like a year or something? Yeah. yeah. For a certain amount of time? That's what it, I mean. That kept us from doing a lot of deals this year was the fact that a lot of guys had just signed extensions, Brogdon, like Malcolm Brogdon, and then you're not eligible for a trade for a year. So, I mean... So if you're Philly, what do you do around the around the re- those two guys to improve? Because Danny Green's probably done. You're gonna wave Danny Green. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today because I saw Danny Green in a clip from the 76ers, and I was like, man, he just went down so hard. And he's talking about wanting to come back, but they're not gonna want to wait for that. There's no there's no need for them to wait a year for Danny Green to come back. No, and play because he was already. Like he had that that hip flexor injury in the bubble that made him run really really weird and slow. Right. He's just never really recovered from that. He still runs the same. Like I don't know. Like if I'm the 76ers, I honestly look at Harden and say opt in. One year. Mhm. $47 million. You got him beat, prove it to us and then the extensions on the table. 
because you score nine points. Or you could do like a one plus one with a team option. I'm saying just give him. No, I'm saying you just you straight up give him his one year. You say this is your contract. You sign this in Houston. It's gone from Houston to Brooklyn to Philadelphia. So, I mean, this is your money. You signed it. Right. Like, we're only entitled to this one more year, and we have this monster that can be shaped into a competitive team if you just are 80% of yourself, like, and not half of yourself, which is just passing. Which is maybe 60% of himself. Like, you know, like... And not efficient. Not efficient at all. And there's, there's honestly... There's a lot of risk for Philadelphia to bring him back and kind of grit their teeth and say, can we do this? Can we lose in the second round of the playoffs again? Uh, again? Like, that's why I don't think it's out of the realm that they let him walk or can you do a sign and trade with the extension? I just, I really feel like it's just going to come down to him opting into that because that's almost just the neutral move. It's right. the poison contract. Yeah, Philadelphia has to pay the tax for one year, but if not... They're walking clean. And you know what? What kind of assets are you really getting back for James Harden at this point? If you traded Harden to like Minnesota. I don't know. Not but I'd, be, Edwards. I'd be making moves for like Jeremy Grant or Harrison Barnes or guys like that. If I, yeah. if I am bringing Harden back and I definitely need a fucking two guard. I can shoot. I mean, I would call Sacramento, honestly, Sacramento and say <laughs> that Look, we want. Um, do you think Sabonis and Embiid would work together? No, no, okay. Especially not with Harden out there. I mean, are we far well, off? Well, you're from trading Harden? Harden for for Sabonis and no, no. So, but Barnes and um, I'm saying keeping Harden and going for like a Barnes or a Jeremy Grant. There's just there's no clean sweep of that though to get Jeremy Grant and Barnes all in one. James I'm not Harden saying trade. in one. No, I'm, I'm saying you're not trading James Harden. <laughs> that's what I'm saying oh I mean I don't know do you think that Tobias Harris is enough for that I think Tobias Harris off of the contract alone could pull a couple players definitely to a team that's not trying to win definitely to a team that probably just wants to offload some bench guys though that's the yeah. problem so Sacramento <laughs> I mean it's to me Philadelphia really needs to keep its eyes open for a backup center. They need to find a backup center and they need to find like two more power forwards. And I think a legit shooting guard. I don't think it's rude to say that Harden should be a six man. No, I think he's, he, he's got to start at point guard. He's got to start at point guard. I don't know. To be honest with you. I think that's a bit of a liability. Well, I mean, you're paying him $47 million. It's the rust situation. You're paying him $45 million plus. Do you really want him being utilized off the bench? Like, I mean, money obviously is going to be a big pitch in your minutes, but like... He wouldn't do that either. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Guys that sign those contracts don't want to come off the bench. Right. And Russ and Harden are your two premier examples of that. Yeah, ironically enough. It's cut, just cut it, from the same cloth. It should al- always be a warning sign to NBA franchises to not. I mean, for what guys do for a franchise, those are both Russ and Harden's legacy contracts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the OKC contract Russ signed in 2018. 
It's the same thing for Harden in 2018. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just if there's one money. guy that they could get, who is it? Who would you want them to get? Not trading Harden. Like, this is like a someone else they can add to help. If they could somehow swing Thibel and Harris for Jeremy Grant, I would do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a strong move because... Still got Maxie. Yeah. Yeah, you keep Maxie. Open up this open up the floor for Maxie. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Let Milton be your third guard mm-hmm. that plays decent minutes. Like six man. I mean, but Grant's just gonna have to eat a lot of forward minutes at that point. Is there a way for them to get Isaiah Stewart? Is there a way for them to get I don't even know at this point. Like, I don't know what other like is there a way for them to sign Kevon Looney? Golden know. State ain't giving up Kevon Looney. No. He's a know. lifer, I think. There's this that's some Igadala type shit. Exactly. Like there's just guys that look right in a Golden State uniform. And mm-hmm. that's Looney Curry Poole. He's their perfect Clay. backup center. Yeah. He's their perfect starting center. Yeah, right that now. Too. that's the thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Philadelphia is in less crisis mode than they were last offseason, mm-hmm. to put it lightly, because they didn't... I mean, they didn't blow it like they did against the Atlanta Hawks this year, but like... I don't know. Like, I feel like last year's was probably closer to 60%, and this year's is like 35 Right. Because Embiid's health is always a question. And the fact that he was quite literally playing as the burned man out there. Like, what was it? The thumb injury? He played through the thumb. Face. Yeah, the face injury. Broke his orbital bone or fractured his orbital bone. He's an animal. He's an animal and he's a competitor. And you know what? That's what Jimmy and him. That's why him and Jimmy are so attracted. That's why James Harden and him aren't working very well. I saw a video earlier. And it was just the perfect encapsulation of this 76ers team. And they were wearing those, you know, city jerseys that have that red, green, orange, like colorway to them. And DeAndre Jordan committed like a like a heinous take foul on somebody in transition. Like he just swung up and hit his elbow right off their head and they landed on their ass. Like, and it was just like, it looked like classic wash DeAndre Jordan. And then the pass was from Harden, I think. Or no, um, Harden was yelling at Jordan on the bench, and then it was just um, Harris, Danny Green, and uh, Milton all standing there outside of the huddle just watching. Or no, Niang was there too. They were just watching Harden and Jordan Mm -hmm. argue and yell at each other. And all I could think was these guys are all thinking, these motherfuckers came to our team. And now they're <laughs> they're pulling it apart, and they're fighting each other and shit. Like you, I felt a lot of that energy from Maxi. Oh, you think Maxi didn't like Harden, or yes, there was multiple times where I would see like Harden chirping at Maxi, and Maxi was just not listening at all, just walking away. I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. Like when Maxi would be like tearing it up, I think it was hurting James Harden's feelings. Then do anything you need to do to trade the guy at that point. If you got film that shows that. There was, dude. There was times where they'd be walking back to the bench and he's like trying to say something to Maxi, and Maxi's like not even listening and just going dapping guys up. Because I I mean, in his mind, he's like, bitch, 
I was here before you and I was, I, I'm, I was I'm doing, doing it, it and I'm doing it better than you. I was and still am. So take a hike. I mean, who, I would feel that way. Yeah. Who was your third team? Oh, man, we are like <laughs> Philadelphia is just so packed with drama every year. I'm going to go ahead and say my number three is Oklahoma City. Damn. Oklahoma City, number two draft pick this year. They have guys, sort of. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you have the fun 538, like, uh, um, you know, like the trendy podcast players like Pokachevsky. Mm-hmm. And then you have Dort. And Giddy and Shea has and a cult Shea. following. Yeah, like every it's weird because every player on that team has a weird like individual cult following. Mm-hmm. But I think that Sam Presti is getting his group of unicorns together, mm-hmm. and he's getting ready to compete. I mean, I think that with this second pick, they should take um, what's the Duke kid's name? Power forward guy. Uh, Bonchero. Banchero, yeah. They need to take him with that second pick. Let him be their power forward. He's kind of undersized. I think he's like 6'7". I think so, he'd be a good modern power forward, though. Right, exactly. They need to, to shape that pick and roll around him and Shea. Dort and all that. Turn him into wings. an elite NBA wing. Exactly. Like, it's. I think it's time for that. Shea is going to be 24 this season. It's right. time for him to start kicking it up and being... I mean, he's already averaging like 23 points a game the last two seasons. Competitive and winning basketball. Right. It's time for him to not be like a Bradley Beal figure where you're putting up 30 on a really shitty team. Right. Like, And I think Oklahoma City is kind of ready to launch. So I'm interested to see what they do. Another thing they could very easily do as well is move that number two pick and maybe another pick from later in this draft and get somebody. Right. I mean, but what free agents are we talking about here? We're talking Zach Levine. We're talking Bradley Beal as a trade piece if he's available. What if they landed Damian Lillard? We're talking... uh, Giddy, Dort, Shea, and Dame. I like that. I like that a lot. Are you saying you're trading Shade in that situation? No. I want Shea and Dame to play together. You send number two. Number two. Dort, Basley, and like another big, another fringe big to Portland for Dame. And like, I don't know. Then you try to, then you try to get Gobert from Utah. <laughs> no, Dame, Dame and Gobert can't play on the same team together ever. That can never happen. I would be that would make me more sick than watching the Lakers Don. run it with Russ again. Yeah. That would make me more sick than that. Right. I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe they could reach out and get Rudy Gobert this offseason. Say, hey, Utah, you want this number two overall pick? And we'll get, we can get Gobert. Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah. And now he's their de facto five around a good defense. Right. That could be something. Yeah. Interesting pairing with Shea. I mean, there's... There's always the idea that Gobert is just enormous. Mm-hmm. And Shea is the most heavy drive player in the NBA mm-hmm. by, by a decent margin. So, I mean, is Gobert going to be there to kind of clog that up? 
I don't know. Like, but I think the Oklahoma City over is my number three for that reason, though. That's why I feel like they're in a because it could get really position. interesting for them. Exactly. But they have all the assets. They have like <laughs> the problem they have is like thirty percent of the assets in the NBA. There's not a lot of players who are available though. Realistically. Yeah, but for a number two overall pick and a couple role players that could be ready now to contribute. Right. I would say number number two, Basley and Dort is a pretty good package for anybody that wants to give up a star player. Right. It's not Maybe horrible. Even, that number two pick is probably going to be fairly valuable in this draft. Yeah, because, I mean... There's a lot of ways you could go with it. A lot of people want Chet, though, on OKC. And I'm like... I don't know that that's what they need. I mean, he is a unicorn, right? Yeah, but he's a different kind. I think they just need that raw, like, athletic type, like, Bonchero. And shape him. Exactly. Shape him to be their four. And then, then like, in the playoffs, if they can get away with it, they're, like, five. Mm-hmm. Like, they're small ball five. Hybrid five. Exactly. They're going to be, like, the Toronto Raptors, but smaller. They're just going to run guys that are all 6'6 six, six and not 6'9 like the Raptors. Right, and they take it to the next level. Exactly. <laughs> They're just even faster and even craftier and like, you know. I think the, go ahead and hop to number twos here now. I think my second team that has the most question, and you mentioned it, about them running, running it back with Russ, has got to be the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, the whole fucking thing's a question mark. Do you so, trade Davis? Do you trade Russ? Do you trade both? I mean, some fucking people are even out here putting their tinfoil hat on saying you should trade LeBron. And just wash your hands. They'd need to trade all of the big three to, to wash their hands of the situation, honestly. And that's not going to happen. They want to maintain relevancy. And they want to sell tickets with LeBron James. I think LeBron wants to play in Los Angeles, though, too. I do, too. I think there's a lot of noise around him, like, being ready to call it. And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, like he, he just, loves it. Yeah. Like, LeBron, uh, at this point, I mean, we all know it. Like, we hear people that are successful and, like, fame. They're always saying you have to move to Los Angeles. Right. And LeBron's in Los Angeles now. It's where the industry is. He was already living there anyways. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he was living there part of the year. So, I mean, like... I just don't think LeBron wants to give up that situation. Not yet. Like, or even just ever. LeBron will probably live in LA forever. Yeah, probably so. Like, even if he get, even when he like does a fucking retirement run at Cleveland or whatever the fuck he was gonna do. I don't even think that's. I don't even think that's real. Okay, but I'm gonna be really disgusted if he truly just goes wherever Bronny goes and he's like on the Orlando Magic. Yeah, or like uh, the that, Utah Jazz, or like. I'd rather see Cleveland tank to get Bronny. <laughs> and so they have Bron and Bronny on their team. If Cleveland truly actually tanks, they're, they're showing signs that they're not exactly 100% committed to sign Colin Sexton. You also wouldn't have to tank to get Bronny because Bronny is projected to be like a second round pick. So yeah, they could compete. But with the notion of getting LeBron to what dumb team is just going to jump on Bronny if Bronny is legitimately like a late first rounder or a second rounder and they're just going to pick him as a lottery just pick just to get inflates LeBron. inflates his draft stock. Right, just to get LeBron so they can sell tickets. We have the James duo. I mean, you're going to sell out every fucking night. And you're going to give Bronny starting minutes probably to do it. Right. The only, okay, the only stipulation to all of this is that if this is going to happen, Talon Horton Tucker has to be on that team too. 
He's clearly the best running mate that LeBron has ever had. No, he's just the burden that has to come with LeBron James now. Like he's just <laughs> just because they wouldn't trade him for Kyle Lowry. <laughs> right. Like he has to stay attached to LeBron at all periods now. <laughs> like the Detroit Pistons with LeBron, Bronny, and Talon Horton Tucker. Oh Jesus. And Christ. Isaiah Stewart. It sounds like all- a team. It sounds like a team that could compete. <laughs> If I have to watch the freaking beef stew, LeBron James, Detroit Pistons, I'll give up on the NBA. <laughs> I'll be forever. the number one fan, dude. <laughs> Eminem would love it. Oh, he would. Eminem's like, LeBron finally came to our city. Yeah. Pay his respects. Oh, man. It's messy. Russ, I mean, what do you even fucking do? I mean, I think it's getting more and more legitimate that they're going to have to run it back. That's probably what's going to happen here. I mean, let's at be least, honest. At least for a part of the season, right? Until someone's fucking desperate. Who's honestly looking at the Lakers and saying, give us Russell Westbrook, though? Right. That's what I mean. That's the problem. Makabai Tel Aviv. <laughs> like, Who's that? Give us, exactly. Give us Russell Westbrook. Trade Russ to the Middle East. Yeah. It's bad, dude. I just, I don't even, I can't think of, the, everyone's saying the Indiana thing's probably the most realistic thing. A Brogdon and Heald deal. I think that is possible. Yeah, because Indiana, I almost had you Indiana give them the on first this list here too. Yeah, I mean Indiana's arguably Their team pretty is messy. It's really messy. Like they want Halliburton, but then they have Brogdon and they have Healed and like I don't know. Like so, is that the argument to trade them for a expiring contract in Russ? Possibly, yeah. To clear it up for Halliburton. Exactly. Let I mean, Russ you, just suffer on the Indiana Pacers for 60 games. You eat Russ for a year. You know what I mean? I think that's fair. I mean, I guess that's going to be literally the only. That's the only selling point that the Lakers are going to have on on Russ. I love the look for the Lakers after that, actually. With Brogdon and Heald. Yeah, that would change a lot. Yeah, it it really would. Like having those two guys together, like. I mean, there's still depth issues, but you could work on that. Yeah, let's but, not do so many horrible minimum signings. Let's actually go after some minimum minimum guys that make sense alongside these players. Right. I wish they could just get Kuzma back. I wish they could just get Kuz and KCP back. Honestly, well, honestly, if I could get one, I'd want Kuz. If I could only get one, I would want Kyle Kuzma. They were just great role players around LeBron. They really were. Like. Even even Kuz when he like was just mid, arguably two of the best role players that he's ever had around him. They'd be part of the all time LeBron team as like the twelve and thirteen guys. Yeah, <laughs> they really would. KCP was lit, bro. KCP was like just J.R. Smith light. Him and Rondo were literally just sitting there fighting for the third and fourth best player on that team, which yeah, is but, ridiculous. Yeah, but there was the thing with Rondo and AD too. Rondo and AD had that weird connection. Yeah, I'm so sad that didn't work. This year, Rondo's I mean, AD old. also wasn't there. Yeah, AD's down to playing like forty games a season this year, and they were running Rondo and Russ at the same floor on the same floor <sighs> sometimes, and that's just can't even be a thing. Just can't. You be know a who's thing. the happiest guy right now? Frank Vogel. Oh yeah, Frank Vogel's like fuck everything. He's probably about chilling that. in the Bahamas, smoke, uh, uh, smoking a cigar, drinking <laughs> drinking a mojito on a fucking like private island. Like that dude's chilling right now. Might even take a, probably will take a year off. I mean, unless Utah, so. unless Utah comes knocking, that's not a bad idea. 
That's really not a bad idea for them because what does Frank Vogel do? Defense. Defense. If there's anything I feel like that should be able to swing that back into a good direction would be that they need to revamp the forward rotation. They need to move off of Conley. They need to sell on Clarkson. A contender would love to have Clarkson. A Miami Heat would love to have Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Honestly, well, Clarkson for all the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they would. They would like to have Jordan Clarkson back. I mean, Utah needs a soft blow up, but hiring Frank Vogel wouldn't exactly be a bad idea for them right now. Mm-mm. It could be a good way to stay relevant. That is... I mean, I feel like probably mentally Frank Vogel does need a year off because <laughs> poor guy at the end of this season, he was just defeated. Right. And it came down to those Rondo and Russ lineups because yeah. he was literally just like, what am I going to do? Well, yeah. Like there's no, what, there's no combination here that makes logical sense. We have Wyndon Gabriel starting like him. We're giving minutes to Stanley Johnson. We're Austin Reeves is to- starting. Yeah, that was bad, too. Playing small forward. And that's not even shade at Austin Reeves. It's shade at the absolute... But him playing absolute, the three? Well, it's just shade at the absolute mess that that organization was. They really thought that they could rebuild... The, they have never had a consistent core of players around like LeBron. LeBron's entire yeah. run. That's the problem. Like, even Cleveland was able to held, hold together, like, Some seven guys. Yeah, yeah. all together. You're like J.R. Smith, Kyrie, Kevin Love. the Lakers. yeah. Get pay Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Pay, pay Caruso more yeah, than pay anything. Caruso, yeah. I mean, my God, he has one of the best like plus minuses alongside LeBron ever. And you're not going to pay that man. He's He is arguably the best role player LeBron has ever had. Alex Caruso. Literally. Like there is a statistical and eye test argument for that. You're yeah. talking pure role player. Mighty Alex Caruso. At that, I mean, with Caruso out there with LeBron in the finals, that's not a liability. No. Caruso is that kind of like unique player like a Jordan Poole, he, like Peyton Pritchard too. You know what but, I mean? Uh, but a engine and a heart like Marcus Smart. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like he, can, he is a smart like player. Yeah. He can hit the shots when he needs to hit the shots. And if nothing else, he is going to give you energy. He's going to fuck up your passing lanes. He's going to get into people's head. He's big wingspan, big wingspan. Like the fact that they would not pay that man. The fact that he went, got offered another contract and then said, I'm willing to take less than this to come back. And you still don't fucking sign him. You're drunk. You're drunk. That's just fucking drunk. That's so rude. Now I'm not saying that Caruso is going to save your fucking season when you're still bringing in Russ, but I'm just saying that's a fucking fumble. That is a g- fucking godforsaken fumble. So bad. That is so bad. That makes you just, it makes you cringe more that every day. It was the legitimately reported that he literally told them, I'm willing to take less. The fact in the matter is too, that they could have t- traded THT for to Kyle. Get Kyle. Right. For Kyle. Granted, what Kyle looked broken down on offense in the playoffs this year. Fair. But they could have had DeMar. And DeMar, DeMar by himself, I give so much shade to DeMar, but this year he went, he had like 40 by himself against the Bucks. Imagine you keep, so you you make that move for Kyle in the middle of the season. You keep at least Kuzma or KCP. Or I, I would really hope you would keep KCP. 
you come into the offseason, you sign DeMar DeRozan, you keep Caruso, you still have Kuzma, you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. This team would make it to the Western Conference Finals. You could still pick up a Kendrick Nunn if you wanted to for more depth. You probably still could have got Malik Monk, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. And he wasn't horrible. No, they should be. In a lesser role, he actually probably would have been maximized. I think that he'll still be on the team next season. I think he's going to go get a bag. I think he'll I think he'll want one more year with Braun. I, I think, think he likes playing with Braun that much. I think much. someone's going to overpay him. Yeah. I mean, all power to him. If he gets offered $13 million a year by a team, I think that's what that season was for him. He's like, I'm just going to fucking eat this fucking ball and just... What if it's the Phoenix Suns? Not a bad idea. That's <laughs> That could be a lot nicer as their backup one than campaign yeah oh man that would just be an extra dagger i don't even know where to begin with the lakers though that's a fucking problem i cannot think other than the indiana deal of any other fucking deal that makes sense for anyone that could actually happen i don't think there's another one out there charlotte with gordon hayward that's not likely don't want that at all. i don't want it and i don't even think it's that likely Orlando, if you could trade like Russ for like Wendell Carter Jr. The Lakers don't want that. What options do you have? Though? I think you the play? Indiana is the only one that makes sense. If that's on the table and you don't take it. What about this? You trade Russ and THT to Orlando for Carter Jr. Fultz. And Terrence Ross. No. No. I mean, two forwards and a guard? I'd rather run it back and let Ross walk after that. Oh, just one more season of these flat-palmed three-point shots and mid-range shots. It just feels like he should be so much better of a shooter than he really is. It just feels like Anthony Davis better be healthy next season or you trade his ass too. Yeah, I think next year is going to be AD's real prove-it year because, I mean, we saw what the monster is in last year's playoffs. Right. And they still barely Lakers their way into the second round last year. I mean, I don't care what the narrative is about the Suns because now how good are they in retrospect? Right. Like, the Lakers could have pieced the Suns and that would have never been. We We know if Lakers are healthy and that's just such a big if, but, like, it's also just blatantly obvious. Yep. They weren't any match for LeBron James and Anthony Davis in a groove. They weren't. They don't. Well, I mean, Davis was putting up 34 points a game. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was no stopping him. No. You can't put Crowder on Davis and expect that to work. Right. Like, and he was piecing up Aiden, too. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing to me about Davis is that that is so much better than maybe all but four power forward center combinations in the NBA. Right. Like Davis is a top flight NBA player. And at this point, he's probably on the same level as LeBron. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In terms of just team effectiveness. Like, I don't think that the Lakers should be ready to move on that unless he literally can't play more than 46 games next season. Right. Then it's like, all right, like, we will trade you to Orlando. Like, I don't know. Like, the Lakers, yeah, they have so many questions. 
And that's why I didn't even write them down because I was just like, obviously the Lakers are really in panic mode. They finished 11th in the Western Conference this year. Mm-hmm. That's so awful. Embarrassing. Where are you at for number two? Number two, I had the Spurs. Okay. I think that the Spurs are... I like Keldon Johnson and DeJounte. I like... I mean, everybody else on their team doesn't impress me. Mm-hmm. I thought Derek White was a good part of that core, but it's nice to see him move on to something a little better where he can contribute now and right. show how good of a role player he's he being, is now. And he's being utilized. Yeah, he's being utilized perfectly. And like, what's funny is that that game one, I just kept having this vision about Udoka and Derek White getting together after like winning the championship. And then just their first call is to pop. Yeah. They're just like, pop, we fucking did it. <laughs> could, yeah. could, could you imagine that phone call? Oh, yeah. Like, could you imagine making that call after playing for pop? Pop's probably flying Edoka out and they're fucking going to some fancy ass dinner, smoking cigars, chilling. I would love to do nothing more than to go drink some record. red wine. Like if I was going to be a part of any NBA organization, I'd probably want it to be the Spurs just because of pop's hubris yeah. on like life and everything. Like, it just seems like everybody that's come out of his like coaching tree is just enlightened in a weird way. Now, Bud, mm, I don't know. Bud is Bud just looks like scared. Bud all the is time. kind of a pud. You know what I mean. Bud has that Ted Cruz look about him <laughs> all the time. <laughs> he looks uncertain. Looks just, uncertain. Looks guilty. Looks scared. All rolled into one. <laughs> uncomfortable. Just literally the Ted Cruz. He has a classic Ted Cruz vibe about him, and it's just not good. Am I wrong? No, you're right. He, especially in the playoffs when he's wearing like the rolled up sleeve, quarter zipped sweatshirt. And you're just like, just you're like, stressing. this guy looks really, he looks tight right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, really fucking tight. In interviews, he's just really awkward. Play random. Play random. Remember that from last playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Play random. It's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Giannis is just like, thank God I speak Greek. I can talk shit about this dude behind his back. Um, the Spurs, I mean, what do you what do you do then? Because everyone's saying that Pop's got one more year and then Quinn Snyder's going to take over that. That's the huge narrative. Wow, right now. that's yeah. crazy. Because isn't he from Pop's tree? Quinn Snyder? Maybe. I thought he was honestly out of Coach K. See, I thought he was Pop, but at least I think they coached together with Team USA and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, Snyder's um, definitely been there. That's a huge thing. They're saying like Chris uh, Quinn Snyder's going to take a year off, and Pop's got one more year, and then he's going to hang it up, and then Quinn Snyder is going to take over there. That's what a lot of people are saying. That's interesting. I haven't heard that at all. But that's crazy, actually. Though I mean, they're not going to make any legitimate moves to compete, are they? This season and this off season. I just have such a strong feeling that the core of. Murray and Johnson is just has such a good like potential to it. You know who they could really use is Halliburton. See, I still really love the idea of Beal there. Beal there, yeah, that would be nice too. See, my thing is is that I see DeJounte as a combo more than just a point guard. Right. So I think that you could legitimately start him next to a good point guard and he would still be just as effective. Right. Because he's just such an all-around guard and that's I mean, he's just above average at playmaking, but he can get rebounds and stuff. He can attack. Yeah, great attacker, great defender. Like, you can comfortably play him at the two. As long as your one guard can shoot. 
Yes, yes, definitely. As long as your one guard's a so legitimate threat. You from place the- Halliburton in there, who's your corner three-point specialist almost, and just can shoot any other three that he wants. There you go. I think they would play off of each other, I feel like, extremely well. And the thing is, though, is that the argument we were just having for three other teams is that they need to improve at the center position, and there's just no market for centers right now, unless they legitimately want to put their foot in the race for DeAndre Ayton. See, I was wondering, they, do they put their foot in the race for DeAndre? Do they put in their fr- foot in the race for Gobert? If Dame's available, do we make a swing for Dame? Dame would be quite interesting because there's your guard that can shoot. Alongside Murray. Exactly. Who can attack and defend. And then you play Jel- um, Kelton Johnson at the three, but then you just got to find four and five. I guess they have Jakob you Pirtle. Got, you got Pirtle? I mean... Pirtle's at least your backup center at that point. If right. nothing else, he might be your starting center. I mean... It's just going to be, it would be very, very difficult to obtain Damian Lillard without giving up either Johnson or, Mur- or Murray. Probably give it up Johnson. I don't think I'd want to give up Murray. See, but then you'd have to give up probably Johnson, Pirtle, and like two first round, two, three first round picks for Dame. If and it gets then you're kind back, of back to the to, playoffs one more time. You're kind of back to square one though. That's the real problem is you're back to square one. Yeah, And it also makes Dame, a weird pipeline from where the Portland Trailblazers star player diverts to the Spurs. Yeah, Dame's back at square one at that point. And if like, he's leaving, he wants to go straight to a contender. Exactly. He wants to go to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> For Chris let Middleton. it happen. Please let it happen. I would love to see that happen, honestly. Because that just throws a wrench in all these Eastern Conference. I'm buying a play-off. Dame Bucks jersey for sure. That'd be hard. Dame and Giannis together would just be absolutely nuts. You give up Middleton and like Bobby Portis. And allegedly Bobby Portis is probably going to get a nice bag this year too. Is it uh, out of the realm of possibility that San Antonio just overachieves and makes a playoff run? At least a playoff run? I think at run? this point they're I think at this point they're bad enough to where they're just a solid 12 seed team. Right. I think this year really proved that because I mean we were we were thinking that before last se- before this season that they could just pull together their group of wings and put something together for pop. <laughs> yeah, have a Toronto Raptors like season where they'd end up as the 5 seed but then get just booted out of the playoffs. Right. Like I just don't think there's a lot of potential for them in these waning pop years to really make a run unless they make some very drastic moves and if they make drastic moves, they very well could be looking at a team that they have no identity with. Right. You're left piecing them together under, yes, a legendary coach, but it takes time for guys to buy in. Right. And like, I mean, Pop is obviously like the player whisperer. He's the wing whisperer. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean. He created Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> he patched up Kawhi. Kawhi was like, <sighs> Kawhi was like a 20... 14 Lamborghini Veneno that had like transmission issues. I think Pop Frankenstein him. He's like, here's a little bit of Jordan. Here's a little bit of Kobe. They probably, yeah. I don't know. Kawhi's made him in a lab. I don't know. But also that's just Kawhi because Kawhi is from Compton, isn't he? I think so. From no, maybe not from Compton. He's definitely from LA though. He's from LA for sure. So like he definitely loves Kobe. Like him and Kobe had the same pilot. I mean, he's literally Michael Bryant. 
Michael Bryant. When yeah. he plays basketball, it is literally <laughs> Kobe Jordan. Michael Bryant? And it's either Michael Bryant or Kobe Jordan. Well, with just how some pl- days he looks more like Michael, some days he looks more like Kobe. I feel like the plainness of Kawhi just makes him have to be Michael Bryant. Yeah, that just Kawhi's sounds just- like a plain name. <laughs> More so than Kobe Jordan. That sounds like a pretty wild name. <laughs> Michael Bryant's just such a vanilla fucking name. We need to put that into the basketball reference. Uh, like dictionary. dictionary. Yeah. yeah, for their Michael for Bryant. Michael AKA Bryant. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> that should be the nickname, right? It should be Michael Bryant. We should make a petition to them. Start putting out on Twitter. Kobe Jordan. He's not Kobe Jordan. He's Michael Bryant. He's Michael Bryant. Um... Uh, Let's go ahead and go ahead to the number one team that we feel needs to make some big moves. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Atlanta Hawks. Lot of fucking question marks there. You made this fucking pretentious ass run to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Talking all that shit at the beginning of this season where, oh, it's tough to get up for these early games after you do <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You guys barely scrape your way into the fucking play-in tournament. You get fucking yeeted out of that by Miami. Trey Young got shut the fuck down by Miami. There was no chance against Miami this year for them. No chance. You have a lot of guys, but you don't have any real direction. And are we convinced of Trey Young as the number one guy on a championship contending team? I don't think so. I personally don't think so. Um, I don't think this iteration of the Atlanta Hawks or Trey Young can have that, but I feel like Trey has special scoring ability. And I mean, the way he does score is reminiscent of Harden. It's reminiscent of Luca a little bit, you know, like it's seen. That's why I think he would be great. Like with Embiid or something like that. Yeah, he would. He would because he's arguably like, I'd say, he's better. I'd, say he's, I'd say he's better than James Harden. Yeah. At this I think point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that goes without question, but he's just lit Steve Nash. Yeah. Like he has an excellent point of attack, like mm-hmm. excellent, just jump shot from anywhere. Nice floater game. Right. Like, yeah, him with Embiid, him with Jokic would be nasty. Like, right. but very dynamic in the pick and roll. They definitely need to make some moves. I feel like they got a good window into what their future should be by starting Okongwu at the five. Mm-hmm. I feel like that really works around Trey Young mm-hmm. because he's so athletic and Capella is so slow. Like at this point, Capella is pretty flat footed. Like he doesn't really run and jump like he used to. Right. Like, I mean, that's not really saying a lot, but like it just feels like he's a lot more stiff than he used to be. A lot of people are saying they should make a play at Don Mitchell. Yeah, because Don Mitchell has allegedly floated that he wants to go there. Right. Which is already like, okay, is this a soft trade request or like what? Well, then he's coming out and saying he's just... Disturbed. Disturbed. That Snyder is gone. I mean, at that point, he's asking out, right? He's basically... Yeah, he doesn't want to play in Utah anymore. I don't. And they're trying to say that they... A lot of the Utah media is trying to make it seem like Gobert is more liable to be traded than Don. And I don't think so. I think Don's more unhappy. See, the rhetoric around this whole situation is actually, you know what? I'm changing my last one. I had Minnesota as my last pick, but I'm changing. We'll switch it to Utah. Utah. We can talk. Yeah, you can <laughs> you can dive into that on that. Uh, I didn't know Dame, uh, Dom dropped hints that he wanted to go there, though. I mean, what are you sending? Collins, Bogdanovich, 
Send what you can, honestly. Uh, what's homeboy? The power forward old guy. Uh, it's kind of oh old. Gallinari. Gallinari. Yeah. Collins Gallinari Bogdanovich. Herder. Lou Williams. Herder. No, Herder is too much. I feel like they they have to keep Herder. Actually, you know what? I'm saying maybe throw Herder, Herder in there instead of Bogdanovich. No, instead of Collins. See, I think Collins. I think they'll want him more. I think, yeah, I think they're a team, a team that's sending a star is going to desire Collins. Right. A lot of people say that Dallas has uh, potential to pull a Collins trade. Oh, that would be so nice. I mean, are you sending Brunson at that point? Because Atlanta's Bullock, not. Bullock and Kleba. Yeah, yeah, because Atlanta's not going to want to run Trey and Brunson. That's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't, I feel like that wouldn't work together. For for some weird reason, Bullet Kleba, one of those young guys like Josh Green or something, they might ask for DFS. I'm saying no. Yeah, I know that's the problem. Is that they unless it's fucking Dame Lillard, Don Mitchell, or Zach Levine, I am not giving up DFS. <laughs> Just stand DFS these days, and I'm still raising my eyebrow if it's like Zach Levine or Dame Lillard. Honestly, Don Mitchell though, I would in a heartbeat. Hudson, Brunson, DFS, Kleba. Is that real then? I would. Can Luca and Doncic exist on the floor together? Luca and Don? Yeah, they could. The Utah Jazz, that's a whole other conversation. Ultimately, Atlanta Jazz and the Atlanta Jazz, the Atlanta Hawks. Might as well. I think they have some huge things to address, some major question marks. I think you, you cannot run this back after what just happened. You you have to do something. You got rid of Cam Reddish, which was just a weird. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like that trade at all. Yeah. I was like, okay, New York has him, but now they're not playing him. Yeah, just getting weight, just a wasted talent. Why has Tom Thibodeau not been fired? Yeah, I mean that that's a shoe that could still drop, right? Like, I no, I feel like at this point they're probably like, yeah, Tom Thibodeau's our coach still. Yeah, but maybe they'll just give him one more year and then cap him. That's a year too late though for me. That's a year too late. Agreed. Especially if it looks like this again. Yeah. Because it's going to. Yeah. There's no reason it wouldn't. They're going to play Derrick Rose 28 minutes a game as soon as he gets healthy again. RJ Barrett's going to be blowing up and everybody's like, wow, he's one of the best wings in the NBA. Like they talk in New York. You trash. Know? <laughs> Fucking trash. So you got Utah as your number one team? Yeah. Um, I will bring up Minnesota though because they were my one pick. I don't know. They were just my first thought because I'm thinking that they need to clear space around Ant and let mm -hmm. Anthony Edwards just be the guy. Yep. Get Take rid of, over. Get rid of Cat. Yeah. And I'm saying I'm floating an idea out there. Crowder and Aiton for Cat. My God, the Phoenix Suns are dangerous at that point. I said Russell and Cat, but I feel like that might be too much for Crowder and Aiton. I think Minnesota would rather have Crowder. Or would rather have, or uh, my bad. Um, I think Phoenix would rather have. Uh, who'd you say, Cat and who? Russell. So Russell's your back, your six man at that point. Cat starts at the five position. You give up Crowder and Aiton. That means you promote Cam Johnson to the four. Yeah, Cam Cam Johnson slides in. Bridges at the three or two. I'm not giving up on Booker at the one. I'm not. I I don't want to give up on that yet. I feel like there's real potential. But you have for Chris that. Paul. Oh, true. Yeah. 
Chris Paul at the one. No, Chris Paul is just Chris Paul is living in. I don't know where do the monks live? The monasteries. He's never went in a ring. No, that ended last year. I think that's very clear now. It's done. That ended last year. Yeah, Luca ended that. Like I caught a glimpse back of that with a highlight today of him just blowing up on the Clippers in last year's playoffs, and I'm like, that was it. You looked at it compared this year. He to also last went year. to four, fourteen of fourteen in this playoff run. So yeah, I don't think that was it. I think he's still an incredible player. I just don't think he's ever getting over that hump. Uh, Utah, major questions though, major fucking questions. Yeah. In your eyes, do you value Mitchell or do you value Gobert more? I think I value Mitchell more, just because perimeter defense is such a big thing and. Gobert is not a perimeter defender. Yes, he's a great defender, but he's a rim protector, and that's just not as necessary anymore. It's not that it's not valuable, but wing defense is more important. So I think I would rather keep a wing player who's great on offense and get rid of a guy who is clearly not helping my perimeter defense and is arguably an offensive liability at times. Yes. So that's a double-edged sword that I Complete don't want to take a blow from. Shot. Complete non-jump shot. That's a double-edged sword I don't want to be hit with. But the problem is, is I think Mitchell legitimately wants out more so than Gobert, Gobert wants out. I think Gobert expects the silver platter and homeboy is gone. I think Gobert and him don't like each other. The fact that Quinn Snyder is out here trying to say they ate at the same lunch table to like build value in their... Fr- Jesus Christ. Well, they ate at the, he said that but like at uh, some point before the end of the season. Like talking about, well, I've seen him eat at the same lunch table before and stuff like, like what? Is this high school? No kidding. Oh, I mean, my God. I mean, that's just, that's, a t- that's terrible. Pathetic, dude. Pathetic. Mitchell wants out of there. So I think it, it doesn't even matter who you value more. I think your hands are tied. But if Mitchell requests a trade, do you just say fuck it and you trade Gobert do? That the, that's that's all depends on your standpoint of do we want to be a contending team right now? And what are you actually going to get for Mitchell? I think you could get a decent haul for Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell is going to turn around and be a playoff performer for some team. Right. I feel like that shouldn't even be in question right now. Right. I feel like this product of what he was doing in Utah with this, this playoffs and last playoffs to a degree, chucking. Chucking uncontrollably right. from three. And you know what? It kept him in the game. Right. If he was going six of 17 from three, it was like, at least they were making six three-point shots. Yeah. Like, at least somebody Someone else, had to do it. Right? And I feel like it was just a panic mode response almost from Mitchell. And like, there were a lot of times where I got frustrated at him watching him in that Dallas series because I saw that he was a problem for Dallas in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. But he just was making forceful plays and just he allowing forcing it, allowing Dallas to just clamp right on that. Right. Like they can shut that down. Right. Like, but then you see, like, he's been a playoff performer since he stepped in the league. Right. Like he might have an off year here or two, but this wasn't a James Harden showing. No, it's not a James Harden fall off by any means. We'll send him Russ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be just fantastic? We'll give him Russ in a first. THT, whatever the fuck you want. You can have it all. You can have everybody but LeBron James and Anthony Davis for Don. If this were NBA 2K, 
like a four for one swap. Yeah. <laughs> and the green light finally goes through and you're like, yeah, you have to throw well, in. Well, they like can't a, deny it now. You have to throw it in like a trade exception or something or pull in a third team. Or you just go complete bitch mode and go into the settings and turn on trade over Ryan. <laughs> or you just trade like five first round picks because you turned off the steppy and roll. <laughs> so you give them like Russ, you give them like Russ and four first rounders and they're just like, yep, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> like thanks for the four f- first round picks for the next like three years oh my god I knew that shit all the time just force their hand yeah force their hand but then you gotta play GM every off season and sign all the the, <laughs> the veteran guys but I don't feel as bad turning off the Stepien rule as I do as forcing trades because I'm like at least I still have to get creative because sometimes even with like a shit yeah. player and three first rounders, they still don't want it. Right. You have to start like pulling. I've literally pulled off like three team deals before. <laughs> <laughs> Very complex. Um, my most shameful trade override moment was in my last 2K18 association. I traded. Um, God, I had um, last year Rodney. uh Rodney Hood? No, it wasn't Rodney Hood. It was a guy that used to play for the Detroit Pistons. Anyway, he used to be, um, he was washed in that game. And I traded him for Danny Green. <laughs> and I just did a trade override of it because I was like, I want Danny Green. <laughs> this yeah, is my and, fucking game. And who cares? Like, <laughs> right? That's one that should be allowed to be overrated. <laughs> like, and I just had the perfect bench. I had like Monte Morris, Rodney Danny Magruder? Green. No, it was um, Rodney Stuckey. Rodney uh, Stuckey, like he big washed, big washed for Danny Green, just straight up, no picks involved. I was like, just give me Danny Green. Yeah, bitch. Like, give I want Danny, Danny Green. Yeah. I had like Monte Morris, Danny Green, Pau Gasol, Thad Young as my bench. Pretty <laughs> solid. on out of control. Pretty solid bench. I had Thibault as like my 12th guy just That's to throw out there. Hilarious. That was a Spurs team, wasn't it? Yep. With John Wall and Donovan Mitchell. Bam and Tobias Harris and Al Horford. That's stupid. Just the greatest role player combination. <laughs> That's stupid. There was no match. That team was perfect on that 2K. Yeah. On that 2K, it was the perfect team. All right. Well, we're at an hour and 25 here, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Lots of interesting storylines going on in this offseason. Those aren't the only teams that have questions. Those are just the three that me and Adam each felt, well, the six that me and Adam each felt had the biggest and most amount of questions uh, to be answered this offseason. Going to be an interesting offseason for sure. There's definitely some shoes that could drop or not a whole lot can happen, and I wouldn't be surprised that way either. So it's going to be a fun ride. Dubs (laughs) and six, we've already established that. Dubs and six or seven. No! (laughs) I don't want it to happen. Curry's getting a fourth. The narrative narrative starts as him, the best in the league right now. Narrative starts as him being on Mount Rushmore. The narrative starts about him being better than LeBron. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. It gets real fucking messy. But I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the shit show that is the NBA. Engage with us on every single social media that you can think of at the Dip Network. And like, share, review, download, 
all of the shows on our network. Rate five stars. Rate the five on stars. On Spotify, especially. Spotify and Apple. Leave the review. Leave the positive review to beat the algorithm. Yep. We also got Chalk Talk. We also got The Longer Yard. We're also going to have The Dip Podcast coming once this fucking and you know what God we're talking about. NBA Finals ends. Right. Yeah, you know what we're going to be talking about. You know we're kicking it off with a Kendrick Lamar album review. Obviously, we got to. <laughs> we got to. But yeah, one more take, Adam. I'm going to spin my last web here. The Philadelphia 76ers will start next season 10 and 15 and fire Doc Rivers. Trade James Harden. <laughs> no, they won't trade James Harden, but they'll hire um, Mike D'Antoni. No, they'll hire uh, Frank Vogel. What? They'll call Frank 25 games into the season and say, Frank, we need you, buddy. We need, yeah, we need you, buddy. They'll get him right up there. Wins a chip. Enforces the defense that Embiid's always needed around him. Interesting take. My one more take is. Boston Celtics make a drastic move after falling short in this finals run. I'm talking to Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown. Man, that would be rough. Someone from the core is gone after losing in six. You got to sell an owl at that point. Is any team even want an Horford, honestly? Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma, yeah. Just another year in Oklahoma. One more rehab year, and then he comes back to Boston. He goes to L.A. after that. <laughs> Wins on with LeBron. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Peace.